right. Welcome back to another episode of Gain, Grow, Retain. We are coming to you live on a Friday in July. And today we've got uh, a great guest with us, uh, Mr. Chris Dishman, who is the SVP of Customer Success at Tatango. Uh, I've actually had the opportunity to spend, I don't know now, maybe like th- three or four days with Chris in uh, multiple cities, not not our own <laughs> cities, multiple cities where we've uh, kind of seen each other in San Francisco and then Boston. Uh, so Chris, uh, excited to do this with you and uh, appreciate you being here. Yeah, no, excited to be here as well. This this should be very similar to our plane conversation between <laughs> Dallas and San Francisco, right? So, <laughs> yeah, uh, for those you know, uh, we Chris and I just so happened to be uh, kind of in the same lounge in Dallas at the same time, flying to San Francisco for an event that we were doing, and uh, and and then we found each other in the lounge, and then we looked at each other and said, "Oh, what seat are you on?" And literally sat right next to each other on the plane. So. Uh, you know, good time. just by happens chance, that was a, was good, a good, good experience. Uh, all right, Chris, I like to, I like to start uh, a couple icebreakers for us to get to know you a little bit better. Hopefully they're easy, you know, um, nothing that's too difficult, but, um, if you had to describe your perfect Sunday morning, um, what does that look like for you? You know, what is it? What are the, what are the types of things that you like to be doing on your weekends? Um, especially if it's a, a nice kind of Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, well, it's got to start with a, a cup of coffee or, or two, um, you know, from my Nespresso machine. So uh, that's very important. Um, you know, and then typically uh, it's going to be depending on, you know, how hot it is. So I'm in Dallas. So we were just talking about how it's, you know, 110, <laughs> you know, heat index. So, um, you know, in the morning in the shade, it's kind of nice to sit outside. So I, w- I would be doing that or, you know, uh, maybe grabbing some some brunch with the wife would be uh, always a, a great kind of casual Sunday morning. So I love it. Yeah, um, yeah that's I I like to uh, also you know, give you, give you my responses so that you feel, you know, included. Um, (laughs) so I would say that's, uh, I'm on a similar trajectory. Um, but I also think, uh, you know, uh, we are at different stages of life. I think your kids are up and moved out of the house. My kid is now one and now he's up and moving in the house. So I am, uh, (laughs) So Sunday mornings for me are a cup of coffee while I uh, now chase a one-year-old around the house. Um, just figured out, you know, uh, kind of how to start nodding and asking for things and, uh, kind of screaming when he runs and stuff. So, uh, we're having a, we're having a blast. Everyone's awake in the house at 6am. It's like the, uh, it's the motto right now. That's awesome. That's fun. You can have that. It it gets, it's, it's funny how all the stages are different and they just continually get different and better in different ways. Um, but yeah, it's really fun when they leave and then you're just sitting around with your feet up, but, uh, but you get, you get all, you got a while to look forward to that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, second question for you and then we'll, we'll jump into the real content, but, um, I know you live in Dallas right now. Um, I know. I think I, I already know if I were to let you pick a uh, location to move to, it might be Mexico. I know you go there a bunch, but if you were if you were picking a, a another place to live besides Dallas, uh, kind of continental U.S., let's say, uh, where do you think that would be? Where would you pick? Hmm. I would pro since I have to stay in continental U.S. and I can't move to Cancun or, or Playa Harris, <laughs> so that's my home away from home. But um, I, I would probably say actually Austin, Texas. So um, both my kids went to University of Texas at Austin. My uh, daughter and son-in-law live down there. It's a if, if you haven't been, it's a fantastic city. Just really, really lively. Great, just a great vibe. A lot of great restaurants and stuff like that. So um, I would I would probably lean into to Austin would be the next place I'd go. 
I've uh, I've had to do maybe three or four trips in the last couple of years to Austin. Um, very good time. I will say that it feels like I don't live there full time. Feels like the traffic is. I think I think the word's out. Everybody's moved, uh, and so yeah. the traffic is not ideal. But uh, definitely pretty fun. I I forget what the trail is called, but I know we stayed in a hotel down there, and then I ran basically down to like the waterfront, and there was like this yeah. trail that you could run on. You could go over kind of a bridge and like get on some other stuff. It was like super cool and just. Uh, tons of people out there, like in eight AM, uh, just getting like an active workout in. So it was, it was, uh, it was fun for me when we went down there. Yeah, no, it's uh, Lady Bird Lake is awesome, and and uh, that's you know I guess what you would do on your Sunday morning, right? So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> go for, yeah, stop, go for a walk. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, I'm excited to do this. I know uh, just because I we've actually spent a bunch of time together, so I feel like um, naturally these are actually where our conversations have been. Now we're just pressing record. So I'm hoping to capture some similar things there, but, um, I know you've spent, you spent a great deal of your time at on 24 before joining to tango. And so, um, maybe talk about, um, kind of, uh, I'll call them kind of like two or three career, like career moments for you. But like, as you kind of went through on 24, are there any kind of pieces that you just remember thinking, Oh man, like, yeah, this is a pivotal moment of, of kind of my journey and customer success. And, you know, this is something that I felt like, you know, maybe is we're trying something new or we're doing something different, but uh, maybe talk a little bit about just some of that experience at On24. And um, I know you were there for close to 20, 20 years, yeah. 24 Eight, years? 18 years. So you started there when I was four years old. So yeah, so that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> so you must have seen, you know, a ton of different stages of, of kind of growth as that company um, went and matured. And so I'm just curious if there's anything oh, yeah. that stands out for you. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting when you were asking the question, I was thinking about it and, and there's I would say a few key pivotal moments. So when I started, um, I was leading the support team and building out, you know, really just the foundation of of support, of technical account management, of training, uh, you know, all of those elements of, of, you know, how you would support a, a SaaS type product. That was pretty early on. That was pre, you know, customer success being actual customer success, right? So, yeah. uh, so that was that. That would have been kind of the initial one, um, and just understanding and kind of building into how you, you know, how you support a product like that. Uh, so that would be the first one. The second one was, I would say, probably about eight or ten years in, was when we launched a product called Webcast Elite, which is their kind of key banner marketing webinar based marketing product, and and it was really focused on a SaaS B2B marketing space, just demand gen. And it's a, if you haven't seen it plug for on 24, it's a great product. Um, so, you know, we, we launched that product and that's when we said, Hey, this whole customer success and trying to keep your customer seems like a good idea, right? That was right when customer success was starting to be prominent. And so I leaned into, I would call it CS 101 and, and being proactive with our customers. And, and we started shifting from technical account management to more uh, customer success management and the nuances between that function. So that would be the, the next one, which was a fun, really fun time just to kind of learn and, and everybody in the CS space was really starting to to gel together and and, and start to understand, hey, what does this look like as a discipline? Yeah. So that was a fun time. Uh, the next one I would say was uh, was 2020. Uh, the pandemic was insane. Uh, and, and, and as you can imagine, so all of the in-person events got canceled. Everybody had a marketing spend. And so, you know, 
and everybody needed to do that virtually. And we were, you know, one of the key players in the space. And so overnight we saw just insane growth, uh, addition of customers. And, and the thing that if you remember when all of that was happening, nobody knew when the pandemic was going to end hindsight's 2020, but at the time we were like, Oh, it's going to be over by April, you know? And, and so nobody really knew. And so we didn't run off and go hire a bunch of people because we didn't know what that was going to entail. So we had to manage with the team we had, which is going to lean into some of the conversation we talk about in scale. But that was really where we had to say, okay, let's figure out how to execute and bring in all these new customers and take care of them in a very scaled motion. And, and so we, we did that. And I feel like we did that pretty well, uh, you know, in, in a pretty difficult time. Of course, we were all just locked in our houses, so there was nothing <laughs> yeah. else to do, but, uh, but, but we did that. And so that would be another one that was, uh, that was, was a pretty fun time and, and definitely, well, I say fun. It was, it was interesting and trying and, and definitely something that, you know, got us a, an opportunity to, to grow, uh, from that standpoint. And then, you know, we, we had an IPO in 21. Uh, and so, you know, anytime you go through that leading up to that process and, and, you know, it's not something I, I don't think I'd want to do it again. Um, but it was definitely something anybody who's ever gone through it, typically yeah. you hear them say the same thing, <laughs> but, uh, but was a really, it was, it was a great time, a, a very exciting uh, place to be at the company. I was just blessed to have an opportunity to be there and a great, great group of folks. So. I love that. Yeah. I love the moments you called out, you know, uh, like you said, kind of starting in that support role, uh, you know, a little bit before kind of CS was the, was the formation and then ending with like, Hey, um, we kind of see this need to help our customers be successful. And now we're also noticing the need, like, we had this exponential growth of customers and I didn't, you know, it's not like I was growing headcount. So I've got to find different ways to connect them that, you know, we might not have just originally thought of, or we might have to put something new in place. Uh, so I'm excited to talk about that today. Cause I think it lends itself probably to some uh, kind of yeah. testing and some ideas that you, you probably have brought to the table. Um, and then maybe tell me a little bit about how you thought about uh, the move to Tango. You know, I know um, I feel like everybody who's listening to this probably knows Tango by now it's been, uh, and it's been a, one of the, the players and customer success platforms uh, for a number of years. And so, uh, you know, what was that like for you? Is it, um, you know, like you said, you, you kind of been at this company for 18 years, went through IPO. Maybe that was like a, almost like a closing of one chapter. And you're like, hey, now now it's time to go, um, you know, look for something else. And uh, this came a calling. Yeah, this is uh, that's spot on. Uh, it was it was something where, you know, you reach a point where you say, OK, I. I've gone through a lot of, I, I've achieved all the things that I really wanted to achieve as it relates to on 24 and you start looking at what's next and what's the next chapter. And, and I saw the opportunity for Tatango. And what's interesting is I had launched uh, Tatango at on 24. So we were leveraging the product. So I knew the product, knew the people, knew the space. Um, and, and was just really, it's just seemed like a great opportunity to jump in and do customer success for customer success, right? That's a, it's a neat space to be in. It's kind of like at on 24, when you're doing marketing for marketing people, it's a, it's an interesting, you know, kind of position to be in because you're dealing with all your peers, right. And you're supporting your peers and you understand that. And so same thing here, it was just a great opportunity to kind of step in and, and go through. And and we're in the middle of uh, some, some interesting transitions at at Tatango as well, just in how we're trying to grow and and grow in what we do and how we partner with people and expand in certain areas. And so timing wise, it just was, it was really right. And so got the opportunity to jump in when I did and, and uh, have been enjoying it so far. So. 
That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, I think the the fun part, as you mentioned, about kind of getting on the other side sometimes of like, hey, I'm helping CS leaders, uh, you know, do CS, and you're a CS leader yourself. Like you said, is like leveraging the product. That's like got to be pretty cool for you to like, hey. I'm using this thing and, you know, when, so when you get to go talk to maybe another executive partner at a, a customer of yours or even just like a prospect, which I'm sure you, sure you do as well, um, you know, it's kind of like, hey, you you, you can pretty quickly put the uh, kind of put your uh, what's the, uh, put put your stamp on it. Right. Like, hey, yeah, yeah I'm using this thing. Like, here's how, here's how I'm doing it. You know, not 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 that there's only one way to do it. But, hey, look, I can, you know, talk you through all these things and it's not. It's not like uh, stowed away in some closet, right? It's like, no, no, no. Like, exactly. it, it's just something I actively use, which is like the cool part. And that's similar to like that. Like that's how I look at uh, like when we use Gangrotain or at Gangrotain, right? We have a community platform that is yeah. Hierologic Vanilla. So I get a unique perspective of like when somebody's looking at the product or we have a current customer, um, it just brings a very cool lens for me because I can say, hey, I actually went in and here's how I did it. Here's how I configured something or right. here's how I thought about, you know, an integration or the analytics or whatever it might be. And uh, it just kind of brings that perspective that somebody's like, oh, OK, like you get it. You're not, you know, it's not just, you know, something that you're kind of like fluffing up or anything like that. It's like, no, no, no I'm, I'm in the product, too. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And and it gives you it it is it's something that we use. Um so I'm the ultimate customer of the product that I have, <laughs> right? So and and I've used it in a different lens and in a different environment and and now when I'm talking with customers I get to not only look at and talk about how we use it at Tatango or how I used it at on 24, but also you know, here's how we did red account reviews. Here's how you do portfolio reviews. Here's the view that I did with this. This is how we yeah. track these particular, you know, value realization outcomes. You know, I mean, there's all these different things that that we do on a day to day basis. So, you know, as we talk to and, and even internally with our product team, you know, these are the things that we want because we know they're the things that our customers want as well. I mean, it, it's a again, it's a really fun space to be in when you're when you're getting to kind of leverage that and internally, you know, the company is saying, Hey, you're, you're our primary customer. You were our customer. You still are our customer. Let's tell us what, we, you know, what do we need to do here and what, how can we work and improve? And so it, it, it makes it a kind of fun space to be in and definitely an opportunity to, to continue to grow what we're doing at Tatango and, and really do that for our customers. So. That's what I feel like the product team has probably like a, a love hate relationship with you, right? It's like you're you're so close <laughs> they can ask you all these questions, but then you're also so close that you're telling them things that like, <laughs> you know, they're they're also like, all right, all right, Chris, we get it, you know. Leave me um, alone. So- I, I've got I've got a roadmap to fill. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I know in the the couple of weeks that we were able to spend together, you know, we, we did um, an event in San Francisco, we did an event in Boston, and those were super fun. It was really getting out in the community, hearing from CS leaders. Um, themselves and on the projects they're working on, some of the challenges and things that they're coming across. And um, I think the first one that I've maybe picked up on is, you know, I think scaled customer success has been around. It's not new, but I think people maybe are looking at it um, maybe in a different lens. Maybe they're looking at it um, less as like, you know, kind of purely email or purely automation, which I think is kind of how people have seen it maybe, or like how it was seen Mm -hmm. at one point. Um, so how do you think about that evolution? I know you, you've had probably similar conversations, but kind of how do you think about that scaled customer success and trying to help uh, bring that vision to life for some of these CS leaders? Yeah, it, it's it is funny because when you think about scaled CS, uh, you know, I've had people ask me, you know, so what is that? What is the definition of scaled customer success? Let's start there. Like, what does that mean? You know, and 
And if you boil it down, you think about, okay, so customer success at its root form is, is really we're trying to deliver value, you know, realize value to our customers, right? The value that they need. So if we're going to put the word scaled in front of it, we just need to do that in a really efficient and consistent way. So, so that's, that's it. it I, we tend to, I, I do the same thing. I tend to gravitate towards the solution before I you know, pose the question. And, yeah. and this is one of those things where we go, okay, look, let's start with what is scaled CS as a definition, which is we just got to figure a very efficient way to get value to our customers, to do the value realization. Now, then when we start solutioning that, it's like, okay, so is that technology? Well, of course, that's how we're going to do that. And, and that's typically and historically has been, okay, email campaigns. Let's start there. That's great. Or in-app messaging or community or, you know, and, and that's going to vary in how much you, you leverage of each of those is going to vary depending on your segment, depending on your customer, uh, you know, depending on your team, how big your team is and, and your product. I mean, there's so many different variables that go into that. Um, but, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's about making sure that we drive value to our customers. It, it's interesting. I had a meeting with Greg Danes, uh, with Turner X last week. Who just, he's just got some of the, some of the best data, right? Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. he's got fantastic data and he, and one of the, one of his slides that he's had recently out there that says, you know, the strongest predictor of churn uh, is is being is the achievement of measurable results, right? Yep. It's like like six x customers stay six x times or six times longer uh, if you can achieve measurable results. And so when we think about scaled CS, it's kind of like okay, guess what? We can still you know do customer success and we can still drive measurable results. We just have to figure out how to do that. Um, in a very efficient and kind of automated way, you know, with our customers. And, and, and that certainly can be done, but that's where we have to start, which I yeah. think is an interesting thought. Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I love, uh, I've spent some time with Greg as well. And uh, I love that stat because the other, the, like the part of that stat that I love too, is like, it doesn't matter if you've achieved the result or not, if it's positive or negative, he kind of found the same answer, right? Which, which just tells you that, um, and I think he had this assumption that we were talking through, which was like, um, you know, you know, sometimes people think, well, I can't present a negative to a customer. Um, and then his position was basically, well, uh, the reason you, you can actually, because they're still going to stay. And the reason they're going to stay is that most likely the competitors that you are dealing against aren't showing them any results, aren't showing them any measurable, um, kind of outcome. And so they'd rather know than not know. And so, um, I love Absolutely. that, you know, that stat too. And, you know, going back to your point too, about like, you know, I, I do think sometimes we kind of overcomplicate some of these definitions and whatnot. And so I like your point. I think it's like very simply, right? Hey, we, we are trying to deliver, you know, the right outcomes for our customers and we're trying to do that just in efficient ways. And, you know, um, I think sometimes again, we've kind of, like you said, we've, we've almost pigeonholed ourselves into saying, well, scaled CS is this and it's not this. And I just kind of think of like, well, um, really it's, I think of the people process technology and it's like, okay, can I get more efficient in the people side? Okay. Yes. How do we do that? Maybe it's right. role specialization. And then you're, you know, trying to make sure that those are kind of optimized for the right customer experience. And that's your way of doing it. Uh, the process side, right. Speaks for itself. But like you mentioned earlier, maybe there's certain cadences or meetings that you have, maybe there's a playbook that they follow. And then there's the technology side, which is like, okay, do we have the right systems and tech in place that help us to get the right data? Uh, to push people the right content or the right, right. programs at the right time. So, um, yeah, to your point, I just think I think the other the other thing that I've thought a lot about too is um, I think for a while we were kind of okay saying 
um, maybe sure, hey, um, support team, you know, you build your knowledge base, you you kind of do your stuff over there. And then you kind of said, okay, hey, customer education, you build your own little portal and you you get people onboarded. Hey, CS team, you have your own thing. And then I also think what scaled customer success has meant or it means a little bit to me is also, hey, let's look at that now. Like, we kind of have said, oh yeah, we have one customer journey or one lens, but then you have all these disparate experiences. And I think now it's, hey, why don't we like pull all this stuff together? And this is really how you start kind of putting together that customer journey and really starting Absolutely. to say, okay, these are the pieces of our scaled customer program. Um, and then that allows us to make those experiences like feel like one, uh, which I have felt like they're like different at, at different stages. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and it is interesting how across, you know, it, and it's even getting deeper than just your post-sales motion. Like for example, you mentioned, you know, support or your enablement team or training and CS. And so we have all of those teams that, you know, like you said, in many cases are working in, in silos or in separate areas, but, but collapsing those together to create a single, you know, unified kind of frictionless experience for your customer is pretty key. But then when you start pulling in people like marketing, you know, um, and, and we can leverage marketing for, you know, some of our account based stuff and, and helping with some of the content. Now you're, you're opening, you're unlocking in a whole nother level of how you can support your customer and how you can drive additional growth, you know, and then you fold in your account management or your sales team into that as well. So, you know, and that's one of the things that, that as, as I've come into to tango that we've been working on just internally and that we, you know, are hearing from a lot of our customers, from people on our customer advisory board is there is, there's a movement lately that has been, uh, I'm going to call it a collapse of some of the walls around these different disparate functions that's ultimately creating a more streamlined. And, and again, I'll, I'll use the word frictionless because I think it makes a lot of sense. It's a this kind of frictionless customer experience that allows you to to not only take care of somebody and, and meet them where they are, whether it's an app or in a, you know, in their community or in an email or whatever, but doing so through through different personas and different, you know, groups within the company that are going to apply, you know, the value that needs to be applied at the at the time and place it needs to be. So yeah. And I think too that you had said some something earlier that I think also this kind of reference references back to, which is um you know, you had mentioned, hey, let's kind of say the problem before we start solutioning, right? And I think the other thing that you start thinking of when you've got, um, so like kind of this role specialization has been, you know, a way that you try to scale your teams, right? Hey, let's get uh, our onboarding team as efficient and effective as possible. Let's do that with support. Right. Let's do it with CMs, right? CSMs. Um, and so then the challenge is that then they start coming with solutions from their point of view, right? And I think, like you said, right. the other part I think of when when I think of scaled CS now is also like, how do we bring those different points of view so that we kind of build this well-rounded experience? And so you start thinking about that, like uh, maybe from a content angle, like you said, oh, hey, um, what's we have one, we have a specific best practice that we want to do in terms of configuration. It's great. Okay, right. well, maybe onboarding has a way you do that right at the beginning. And then maybe the CS team says, hey, I've got a way that you do that. Um, you know, if you miss it during onboarding, but you still want to do it, okay, great. Here's a way that you can. And then support says, hey, here's some things that you don't forget. And oh, look, now we've all, like you said, we kind of work smarter because now we've all contributed to one piece that goes to the customer instead of it, hey, we, we wrote a support article that doesn't reference the other stuff. And you've got, I don't know, all these right. different tools, like all these different things. So um, I think you had referenced that earlier that I also feel like is like um, actually ringing true in my head right now as well, which is like this, hey, 
they all kind of have those points of view, which is nice. But if you can kind of pull them together um, and in certain ways um, around certain topics, it's not going to be around everything, but there's probably right. those big things that you can do on the customer journey that, that really help. Absolutely. Well, and that's that's where you start dialing into your efficiency on processes, right? I mean, so, you know, just like you were talking about the people process and, and technology. So, you know, when you look at those scenarios, whether it's content and a knowledge base or, you know, you have to look at ways to leverage and, and kind of create efficiencies around whether that content is, what the process is, et cetera. You know, so it is interesting how we tend to do things in, in silos because that's how we've historically worked. But then when you can break down some of those and start working cross-functionally and then tighten the reins on them, and then then you create a much more efficient machine. So, yeah, that's yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I love that. And it, it, kind of speaking of the customer journey, you know, I think one one yeah. thing that um, I've maybe found throughout my career is a customer journey that sits on the shelf a time or two and, uh, <laughs> you know, doesn't get used. And so uh, I've kind of I've kind of had a love hate relationship with with customer journeys. Um, I'm, I'm curious, maybe from your standpoint, you know, how do you think about um I think what what the journey stands for, right, is, hey, we need to have these kind of clear, consistent moments and we need to have kind of these defined points that we can kind of, like you said, get back to and say, okay, we know how we're helping a customer at this moment um, and what we're driving towards and some of the value that they're going to get. So how do you think about kind of bringing that to life, you know, in some cases when people just uh, have, you know, a week long whiteboarding session and then the sticky notes go nowhere and, and, you know, it doesn't get built and then everyone's like, wait, what happened? So how do you yeah. think about maybe operationalizing some of those pieces of the journey? Yeah. And, and it's funny because I think I think everybody is kind of similar to MPS. Everybody has a love hate relationship <laughs> with MPS or, or, or a love hate relationship with the customer journey. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I, we all know the value of it. I mean, the journey is the plan, right? If you were going to say, I need to make sure that I'm uh, that I've got the framework and the structure in order to take care of my customer. That is the journey, you know, in its simplest form. So what we've seen and, and especially, you know, I saw this through the years at, at on 24 and with peers that I worked with there and, and other companies as well. And then I'm seeing it, you know, in spades now too, as I talk with either potential customers or customers of Tatango, a lot of people uh, try to create this super elaborate, you know, customer journey. Right. And, and like you said, you spend all week and you, you build out this massive monstrosity of a thing on whiteboards with post-it notes. And, and so you map out, you know, this is the ideal big mega journey. And then it's so hard to execute on that, that it doesn't get done, you know, or you start the process and then you just get tired from it. And, and so, or something gets in the way, you know, the quarter ends and you're racing to try to hit numbers or whatever. And then you go, okay, well, we'll back burner that. And then it's back burnered for, you know, two years and then, and then it's irrelevant. So, you know, one of the things that, that we have really been talking about at Tatango and that I think is the strength of our, of our product, just generally speaking is, creating, you know, we call it composable customer success. So it's taking the journey and breaking it into very bite-sized type chunks, right? So start with something simple, create a simple workflow that is a journey. Let's just call it for onboarding. Okay, great. So once you map that out, then you can create it, iterate, you know, start measuring the success of that journey. So how is it executing against what your expectations are? And and I'm going to go back to the good old fashioned, you know, customer success 101, which is start with an outcome first. So, you know, if we're going to look at this journey and we're going to say, okay, so 
I'm going to, I know what I want to achieve out of my onboarding phase. Let me back into that and figure out what I need to do to get my customer to that point. And then I'm going to build the stage around that. Now, once you do that, then you create the basic framework and launch it. Don't go nuts. Don't try to go crazy and create all sorts of, you know, if thens and, you know, different scenarios on it. Just create a, a good, you know, vanilla, uh, pun intended, um, you know, kind of onboarding experience for them. And then once you kind of get to that point, then you can measure and say, okay, where do we need to tweak and adjust? You know, just like we do with a product. When you launch a product, you measure, you know, you, you, you get something out, you beta test it. You, you measure the success of it, figure out where it's working or where it's not, and then you uh, review it and then make adjustments and, and then you relaunch it and then you kind of keep that process going. So uh, at Tatango, we say, you know, the customer journey is a product. It's you treat it just like a product. And so if you do that with a small section and then you get that going, well, then you can build on the next section, right? Then you say, okay, now let's start addressing, you know, renewals or now let's start addressing advocacy or, you know, so you can, you can build those in little segments. And then the next thing you know, within a short period of time, you've got multiple of those kind of running and you're executing each one of those processes separately. So it, 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 that's by far what I've seen work, you know, much better for people just because it's, it's bite-sized chunks that people can actually execute on and start getting some immediate value. Uh, and, and again, if I were to ever give anybody, you know, a word of advice, keep it simple. You know, we, we overcomplicate everything. And so, you know, keeping something super basic and getting it launched is, is step one. And then you can review and start figuring out how to, how to work that into other systems later. So, yeah, I think the, the thing that, um, I think about with customer journeys, there's, there's kind of two thoughts that I wrote down as you were, um, talking a little bit, which was, um, the first is this idea that, um, you know, I think we, people have mentioned putting it in like the terms of the customer, like, Oh, I want to build the journey and like what they think. But I think when you really do it, you really start to see that there's actually fewer, like you said, there's kind of like fewer of those moments than you probably think. Um, yeah. and so like, for example, right. Like rather than thinking about like onboarding being complete at higher logic of like, once we get the configuration done or once we help you get integrations done, we think about it as like the moment you launch your community community publicly. And like, right. that's a, but that's a great moment that for them, it's prideful. They're, they're pressing the launch button. They've got to this moment. There's all these steps to get there. And so, you know, that's like a, a small tweak for us, but that is like a, a very big realization of like, okay, great. Now we've, now we've kind of turned it from like our implementation managers, uh, you know, trying to get everybody just through configured as quickly as possible and out the door to, okay, Hey, we have to kind of like get them to this moment where they launch publicly. So how do we like make sure we feel like they're set up for success in the right ways? And now we get to celebrate with that with them. And now we've got like, okay, let's put an anniversary date into their Salesforce record so that on the, on the one year anniversary, we can send them a note. It's like little things like that, that I think about yeah. where we're like, Hey, that, that stuff kind of goes a long way in my mind. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And then the second thing that I wrote was um, kind of delivery mechanisms. I think um, I would say, and I'm going to put words in your mouth just from your simple uh, from your simple statement. But I think what has tended to happen is like people have tried to create too many differing journeys for like different segments and cohorts. And, yep. um, you know, I think like you said, like keeping it simple in the beginning. And um, I think about like what mainly has to change maybe is like the engagement model of like what you're going to go do. So if you have a specific moment on the journey, just thinking about, okay, what's the delivery mechanism? Is this an email? Is it an app? Is it both? And then is it a CSM that is having a meeting or following up? Like, you know, just trying to think about those delivery mechanisms. Cause I think that again, sometimes we, 
we try to create like a digital journey that's only the digital moments and then a CSM journey that's only the CSM moments. And I just think like it's better if you try and, and I think, again, kind of keep the moments to um, fewer, you know, smaller and fewer, far, fewer, fewer and far between. And then think about like, OK, how do I then um, kind of overlay, overlay like, OK, this one might be digital for this segment of customers, but it still is like the same moment for all customers. It's just that. I right. deliver it digitally for some and I deliver it, you know, through CSM for others. So that's just the other thing I think about is like, because yeah. the, the, the place I've been is like, you're inside of a company and then there's like four or five different journeys and then you're in a meeting and somebody's like, wait, that's not the journey they're on. They're on this journey. And you're like, wait a minute. What? Uh, so I just think yeah. of like, again, trying to, like you said, keeping it, keeping it back to simple and getting it back into like, okay, the delivery mechanism mechanism is most likely the thing that's going to change. And so let's try and get every, moment on the same journey and then just think about, okay, this one might tweak for a different segment or maybe a different audience because of X, Y, and Z. Well, no, you're exactly right. And and when we think about, you know, kind of coming back to the scaled CS discussion, you know, I'll, uh, many people think that you're going to create a separate journey for your scaled team. And just to your point, it's like, not necessarily, you might build a, a journey that works for your scaled team and you might be able to, and then leverage that across your, your mid touch and your high touch as well. I mean, those, th- those moments that matter that you're tracking towards are, are going to be the same across your customers for the most part. And so leverage those, and then you find you're building efficiencies even into your high touch motion, right? So you still have, you can leverage the success from that journey through all of those processes as well, which is, you know, which is pretty cool. So it's definitely, you know, the thing that I've seen more than anything is people like to start with some, some large deal, keep it simple, you know, keep it modular, um, you know, uh, keep it something that you can you can work and adjust and measure independent, like within each one of those little sections of the journey. Um, and, and again, you got to measure the success of it. So once you understand where it's working or where it's not, then you can, you can make adjustments. Um, it, it's interesting. We had, a uh, in our, in our kind of scaled, uh, team, we had launched a, a process and, and it was working on, on in user enablement. And we noticed that, that we were, not getting, I mean, it, it, things were working fine. It was generally good, but we made some adjustments even to just like a graphic header on the top of an email that just showed where you were in the progression of, of this particular enablement journey. Yeah. And, and so it was a small animated gift that we added, but it increased the, you know, the engagement rate of the content. Right. So, uh, we just recently relaunched uh, a, a product called video business reviews. So it sends out this, you know, video to people that lets them know, Hey, this is, it's like a, a like a QBR, but it just has all the information. It's in this video that's kind of pre-populated and it's all done at scale. And that's great. Well, we've noticed the engagement of those, of that content has gone up tremendously. So, so we're modifying various aspects of the journey as we measure the results of what we're doing with it, or as we see new opportunities and have new ideas and, and, and you have to try stuff, right? I mean, you're going to fail. It's okay. You know, just fail fast. Right. And learn from it, but, but throw something out there and see if it works. And then when it does, you can leverage the success from that, or, or you can learn from it and, and figure out what to, what to do better next time. So I love that point. I was going to bring that up actually, which was, um, I had this LinkedIn post, maybe, I don't know if I've written it yet or if it's still in my mind, but if I already posted it, it's somewhere out there, but it was along those lines of like, we've actually, um, uh, we have in some cases like, um, asked our teams not to take risks and not to do testing. And because we've kind of said, Oh my gosh, like, 
we can't really do anything to upset our customers. Like, right, we've got to keep all this ARR and we kind of make it this, this box that says, hey, let's kind of stay in here. And now I feel like that's loosening a little bit where you can start to say, and back to your point, right? Like I think um, the idea of like the scientific method is like something we should bring more to business, which is like, hey, we should come with a, an idea and I'll just use your example. I'm putting these words, right? But like, hey, we want to do a video business review that's going to reduce our meeting times with customers by X. It means we're going to deliver it, you know, in a virtual way and scaled. And here's the measures of success. And here's what we might look at. And let's go test it and see how it does. And like you said, oh man, this is working, but you know, it's it's kind of re- re- reaching the metrics we want, but let's let's tweak it a little bit. Um, or even your, like an, another example that um, I'm tr- we're trying out here at, at Higher Logic right now too is, um, you know, we've gone to some of these office hours to try and help, um, you know, bring customers together more often, more frequently, um, uh, in these calls so that they can connect with each other. And the other day we had, um, uh, one, we, we have these office hours for different segments of customers. Okay. So kind of different roles so that we can kind of, Hey, you're more of in a marketing role. Let's get marketing leaders together. Hey, you're in CS role. So we had a marketing, uh, kind of role that reached out and said, Hey, we haven't had the marketing one in a while. And I really uh, you know, looking for some help. I'd love to do this. I'm help, happy to help coordinate. This is a customer asking us, which is, you know, that's awesome. Sure we should have had it. We, we should have already been doing it, but Hey, you know what? They're asking us. It's great. Um, and sure enough, we throw it out there. Right. And we had 300 people sign up for that thing. And wow. like, that's just the, like you said, that's the type of stuff we're like, Oh wow. What a signal that 300 people signed up for something like this. Okay. How do we lean into that more? What are other ways to do it? Like what are ways that we could test this more? So anyways, I love that point just cause I feel like, yeah. um, it helps us now to kind of think, okay, we, we can test a little bit. It's not that, um, I also think back to um, Matt Dixon, who wrote the Effortless Experience. He's done a lot of like study, studies book. around sales <laughs> and, and uh, customer support yeah. and success. Um, and he had something uh, along those lines, which is like your customer doesn't leave, your customer's not leaving for like one bad moment, right? It's like they're leaving for a series of bad moments and a series of um, ways that you're not following through. And so, you know, I think as long as you're up front and say, hey, we're testing something new right now, you're going to get this. Let's see how it goes. Um, I think that can go a long way. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it is funny because, so I, I mentioned the, the MPS thing earlier. So I, I think we all have a bit of a love-hate relationship with MPS. But one of the things that I've noticed over the years is that when you don't, if you're going to ask somebody, uh, you know, how, what they think, you got to follow up with them. And, and you kind of mentioned yeah. that, uh, you know, you don't, you don't leave for one bad experience. You leave because of a, a bunch of them. And, and you also, people leave because they don't feel like they're being heard. Um, and, you know, one of my, one of my favorite examples, my wife and I went to a, a new movie theater and, um, and you know, ordered a, a drink. And, you know, it's one of those ones where you can sit down and eat food and stuff at brand new. And I, I got my drink like 10 minutes before the end of the movie. Right. I mean, it was just it was just not ideal. Um, great movie. Um, but, you know, so and then like <laughs> the next day I, I get a I, I get a survey, you know, how likely are you to recommend, you know, this theater to your friend? And so I gave him a two and and I had a place for notes. And I said, you know, I ordered a drink and didn't get it. And the service wasn't that great. And I, I got an email uh, from the manager of the theater and he wanted to talk. So then I got on a call and we talked and a super nice guy sent me, uh, you know, two tickets, you know, complimentary tickets. He said, I want you to come back and have a better experience. And he asked me where I was sitting. He said, I don't want to get somebody in trouble, but I just want to make sure that we have the right approach to, to solving the problem. And, and I was like, 
I mean, it was just so well handled and so different, right? I mean, how often do you get, you know, uh, yeah. surveys from AT&T and you just kind of <laughs> plug the survey in and it just goes into a black box somewhere, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, so it's, it is kind of interesting when you think about, you know, getting feedback from our customers is so key and actioning that feedback is really key and it's learning from it, right? It's kind of like you said, taking an opportunity to let's step out of the, uh, out of our comfort zone a little bit. Let's do something a little different or unique and, and we can try that. And then, you know, once we do that, let's, let's get feedback and let's action the feedback that we have, whether it's somebody asking for an office hours or, uh, you know, somebody telling you that they didn't get their drink, you know, so yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of fun. I love that. So, Cool. Uh, I know we've got a few minutes left, but, um, and, you know, we kind of talked through some customer journey. I think we, um, touched on this a little bit earlier, but, um, in terms of content, right. And, and thinking about, you know, how content's becoming a big piece of, of these strategies. Cause I think you need to have kind of content that fuels content and programs. I'll call them maybe like our, mm -hmm. on similar wavelengths, right. You kind of need those things to provide, um, provide the customers for this type of experience that you're sending them and um, whether it's email or even the CSMs delivering that, or maybe it's end product. Um, and I know Tatango, you know, announced a partnership with Jasper.ai. I know um, we internally at higher logic have thought about some uh, we've been talking about just, you know, some uses, uses of AI and like, should we be scared of it? Should we not? Right. We're trying to, um, you know, trying to bring some uh, maybe levity to it and, and trying to figure out ways. Okay. How can we actually use this to our advantage right now? Um, and so we've actually had some fun sessions internally, just like, Hey, how would you, with our CS, with our CS team, right? Hey, how would you use these tools to do research or how would you help that, you know, craft, uh, maybe uh, an email or an article for you or, you know, a, a present kind of a style of presentation that you could follow up with. And so right. I'm curious if, if, you know, from your vantage point, you're probably seeing in, into a bunch of different CS teams. You might be doing this yourself. Uh, how, you, how do you think about kind of CS teams and CSMs kind of using AI, um, you know, kind of in their workflows, not to be scared of it? You know, what's your thought there? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it, we, we did start a, a partnership with Jasper, which is really cool. And uh, Zach Anderson is the VP of, of customer success over there. And, you know, one of the things we, we had a webcast with him and his comment was, you know, the thing for CSMs to do right now is just to one, not be afraid of it, you know, but also just play with it. I mean, you know, we all have access to chat GPT or Bard and, and not saying you should go in there and create a bunch of stuff and start sending it, you know, crazily out to your customers, but, but, you know, learn, um, you know, we, we're all in a, in a very steep learning curve as it relates to, you know, how can we leverage AI? How can we, you know, use it to, to create efficiencies within the system and create the content that we need? You know, there's a lot of things that are happening around, you know, using AI to, to scrape, you know, content and provide next actions on customer accounts or summary of, of where a customer is or creation of, of segments. And, you know, I mean, those things are, are happening and will happen and that will create some efficiencies. Then you start looking at, OK, well, can we have, you know, AI start creating not only next actions and and creating some content for me, but tee it up to the CSM to allow them to review, tweak, and 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 kick it off to a customer, right? So I, I think there's a lot of things that that are possible. Um, I think there's a lot of things that we want to make sure that we put guardrails on. Uh, you know, Alistair, our CEO, said oh, AI is about five minutes old, so we want to be really <laughs> cautious. And and like you said, should we be afraid of it? 
maybe a little bit, just, you know, I'm, I'm not typically a scared type person, but I just want us to be cautious. I want to be responsible with what we're doing, how we do it with our customers and with our teams and yeah. how we can support the CS team and CS community as a, as a whole, um, you know, with it. It's not going to replace CSMs. We all we all know that, but I think it, it will help us create some efficiencies for the teams and and kind of build strengths in areas where we could probably use some help. So I, I think there's some positive stuff. It's going to be neat to see where it goes over the next you know six months or so. Yeah, yeah. And to your point, I think you know naturally over time this this stuff will probably start to find a way find its way into products where it's not as um, we don't have to call it out every minute, right? But right. Um, into everybody's products, maybe even in the back end or whatnot. Um, so yeah, I agree. I think just trying to find ways in your workflow that might, you know, it might benefit you. It might, you know, kind of test it out and, um, yeah. you know, share the findings with your teams. It's always the, the good thing too. Um, Absolutely. Well, Chris, this has been fun. Um, yeah. I know we're kind of wrapping up time, so I'll give a, a quick recap, right? But we um, started off just a little bit, hearing a little bit about your journey, you know, being somewhere for 18 years and kind of seeing that customer success journey, hearing about some of those moments, the uh, getting towards that end when, you know, the pandemic is striking, you guys are hitting success. And uh, like you said, you're trying to find that moment of scale of uh, kind of scaling the team and figuring out how to do that. Uh, super fun. We talked a little bit about uh, just this idea of like, what is, how do we define scaled customer success these days? What do we do? What are, what are we kind of doing about it? Um, how does that translate into the customer journey and uh, content and engagement with customers? And then kind of uh, a last little um, ditch effort there for uh, a quick moment on AI, just because uh, I feel like everybody, you know, is talking about it. But <laughs> you have uh, to. If, if you uh, want to get published, you have to have AI in there somewhere, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, or threads. You know, you have yes. to mention uh, the new uh, Instagram product. So that's right. Um, well, uh, Chris, if people want to find more of you or more of Tatango, uh, I always like to give people a, uh, a chance to shout out at the end. So uh, where can people find you, and then where can people find more about Tatango? Yeah. Uh, so I, to, let's start with Tatango. So Tatango.com is certainly the place to go. Uh, you can get all the information you need and, and uh, find out more about our composable customer success platform. Uh, the only composable customer success platform, we say. Um, and uh, it, it's a it's a great product. I've been using it for years and now I get to represent, which is kind of fun. So um, Tatango.com for that. Uh, for me, I uh, would love to connect with people. So reach out to me on LinkedIn. It's Chris Dishman, pretty straightforward. Um, and, uh, you know, would, would love to connect with you. And, and if you have other ideas and you want to chat, I love talking shop, love talking customer success. So um, feel free to reach out and connect and we'll go from there. Awesome. And we'll link those in the description notes. And uh, Chris, I know you're about to go hopefully on some uh, vacation here. I'm about to go on vacation uh, in the coming yeah. weeks. So uh, summer's upon us and, and hope you all have a good time and, uh, you know, stay a little bit cooler than uh, what, what the weather's been like in uh, Dallas and Charleston. Yep, for sure. I appreciate the time, Jeff. Hey, everybody. Jay here. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. You know, this started as a labor of love for Jeff and I a couple of years ago, and it's really turned into a movement around customer success and community, and we couldn't be more thrilled to be a part of it. Um, we grow this by word of mouth, so we'd, we'd love it if you're willing and you find value in what you hear on this podcast. Leave us a rating or a review on, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It'll help us grow and, and provide value to more customer success professionals. Also, if you haven't yet, please sign up for Gain, Grow, Retain, the online community. It's gaingrowretain.com. You can meet other people, make one-on-one -on -one connections, share ideas, get ideas, grow your career ultimately. Um, be on the lookout also for live events, both in person and virtual this year. We're excited to get back to that. 
And thanks for being part of the community. We look forward to talking to you soon. 